You're listening to How To 20-Something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How To 20-Something. Welcome to the first ever episode of How To 20-Something. When I tell you that I've been dreaming of creating this podcast for about two years now, I'm not kidding. And I'm so excited for it to finally be released out into the world. And that now I'm your one-stop shop to feeling like you are getting your shit together. I am a certified life and nutrition coach, and I want to help you learn how to adult and navigate the complicated territory of your 20s. Today, we are talking all about how to release your inner perfectionist, get over your fear of failure, and begin talking to yourself a little nicer. Believe me, there's already enough hate out in this world and on social media that you don't need to add to it with the words that you say to yourself. Plus, you're in your 20s. This isn't when you're supposed to have it all figured out or do things exactly right the first time around. Your 20s are this massive, decade-long learning process. It's a time of self-discovery and figuring out what you do want to create in your life. So it's time for you to shift your mindset and use your 20s to your advantage by building the foundation you want to have for the rest of your life and knowing that it's not too late to begin doing this, even if you're 29. And we'll call this foundation your home base. It's a place for you to come back to, reset yourself, and then go back out and try new things, take calculated risks, and start to understand your reason for existing on this floating rock through space. And if you want to be successful, then you need to start changing your perception of your life and the words you choose to use and the thoughts that come through your mind as they will determine your willingness to keep going and to keep trying new things. It's knowing that your beliefs create your experiences and your experiences confirm your beliefs and that endless cycle can either work in your favor or to your demise. Overcoming your negative self-talk begins with improving your thoughts and beliefs by questioning everything and or believing that you are working to fine-tune a skill or become more efficient at it with the goal to level up. It starts with a concept I'm sure we've all heard at some point in our life that practice makes improvement or even striving for progress over perfection and throughout this episode, I'm going to break down just how you can begin questioning, practicing, and applying these ideologies to your actual life and changing the little voice in your head to be your best friend and not your annoying roommate, which if you've ever read The Untethered Soul, you'll know what I'm getting at with that reference. And if you haven't, I highly recommend you do so. I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you can access that immediately and start reading. But it's coming from a place of self-love and being more patient and understanding with yourself as you're working to figure things out and releasing the pressure and expectations that you have to have it all figured out right now and know what you're supposed to be doing or not even trying until you know it's going to be the perfect decision or outcome. Heck, if that's the mentality I had, then I wouldn't be talking in your ears right now. 
I never would have been able to come to a place to release this podcast and work to develop this new skill of speaking to myself, unable to see the emotions or the faces of the listeners on the other end of this. And don't even get me started with thinking about all of you having my voice in your ears each week because it's for sure an odd concept for me to wrap my brain around. When I actually began to first understand how to release my inner perfectionism during my freshman year of college. For those of you who don't know, I have a degree in interior design. My joke is I can help you redesign the inside and outside of your life. And we'll just cue in the ba-dumps. But anyways, the first two years of my four-year degree was primarily architecture-based, meaning we were hand-building and hand-drawing abstract models using glue, basswood, and plexiglass, and it required a lot of patience and craft, none of which I had when I was first starting out, and honestly still was not even great by the end of it, but we improved, and that's what matters especially the craft and the patience that was required as these models continued to grow in size. By spring of my freshman year, a friend of mine made a shirt that very accurately described our D1 architecture class, and it had these three words on it, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, I have to get that shirt. It's hilariously accurate, and I still have this shirt today and serves as a great reminder to the concept of today's episode, which you'll see what I mean in a moment. The three words on that shirt say always, never, done in an infinity loop with other architecture-related symbols on it like a ruler and an X-Acto knife and it means that as you're building these models, you have to know when it's time to accept that what you've done is good enough and that it will never be perfect because technically there was always something you could add to it or fix about it. So by default, you were always, never, done with your work. In fact, the longer you worked on your models to try and achieve your perception of perfection, the more your frustration would grow and your craft would turn soppy as you became more and more impatient. And it was a good life lesson for 18-year-old me that later carried into the adult world of it's never going to be 100% perfect. In fact, you shouldn't be striving for perfection at all, but rather for improving upon what you're working on and knowing when it's time to step away and move on to the next thing. Always never done also means that you're always going to be a work in progress. There's always going to be a new and improved version of you full of growth, maturity, wisdom, and experience. So as you up-level through your different stages, come from a place of self-love and appreciation for not giving up and acknowledge the growth you've endured and that you're going to continue to endure. And that's really what this paradigm is. It's a form of self-love and releasing the expectation that you're already supposed to know what's going on. It's part of why I became a coach. I personally felt so unprepared for the adult world and all of the trials and tribulations that came with it. And now I want to help as many people as I can feel a little bit more supported as they work to understand all that their life has to offer. So when you start to question everything you are doing or how you are feeling, you are creating this sense of curiosity, learning, and growth rather than judgment and self-criticism. You become your own scientist and create hypotheses about what you're questioning and then you go and test it and apply your findings. I'll use alcohol as an example. Instead of judging yourself for getting too drunk and spending your Sunday hungover in bed, start to question where in the night is your limit. What do you need to eat before you go out to prevent yourself from blacking out? Or how many drinks and of what kind 
will keep you relatively together. Then create your if-then hypothesis that we all learned in seventh grade of, like, if I had six rum and cokes over the course of four hours, then I will not black out and wake up with a vicious hangover. Whatever your hypotheses may be, go test it and see if it needs to be adjusted until you get the outcomes you desire, which in this example would be a fun night out, no regretful decisions, and no or a very small hangover the next day. It's knowing that there is no one right way to do life. There are definitely better ways, but you don't come out of college knowing exactly what those better ways are, kind of like you don't enter the actual world as an infant and are expected to know what's going on. And when you think about it, We're naturally given different mentors all the way up until we're done with school. We have our parents, teachers, coaches, and other adult figures that help us learn from our mistakes or avoid potential downfalls, or even help us brush off the dust when we do fall. I believe our 20s are the most misunderstood and confusing times of our entire life, and that's also when all of our mentorship ends. I mean, yes, your work probably or hopefully gives you good mentorship, but what about all the other areas of your life? All of a sudden you are experiencing massive changes and learning experiences, and it can feel very lonely as everyone else is involved in the drama of their own lives, and they're trying to figure it out themselves. And suddenly, you've lost the fourth grader to your third grader. Life is always going to be a skill that needs to be learned or a hypothesis to be tested, some of which comes from trial and error, some from good mentors and coaches, and some from unexpected occurrences completely out of your control. But start with improving how you talk to yourself and the words you choose and bringing in some compassion of you're doing the best you can, or you learn something new based on an outcome that maybe wasn't so desirable. And now you're allowing yourself to continue growing and finding better ways to achieve the results you do desire. In regards to having a fear of failure, it's important to remember that you can't fail at something unless you've given up entirely, even if you feel like you're starting over. You're never fully starting over as now you're starting from experience. You only fail when you stop trying, and the fact that you're listening to this podcast right now confirms that you are most definitely not a failure, and you don't have a failing or a stuck or a fixed mindset, and you are still trying to show up for yourself and be the best version you can be, learn from someone else, and use the resources around you to your advantage. Whether those resources are this podcast, working with a coach or a therapist, seeking out someone more knowledgeable about an area of life you're trying to improve upon, and even reading books that help you develop new skills. Bottom line, you need to start approaching your life from the perspective of becoming a scientist and creating theories, testing hypotheses, and applying your findings. But when it comes to your negative self-talk, this is only part of the mind work that needs to be done, and then the other part comes from fine-tuning your skills or developing experience which can come from various parts of your life. And I'm going to give some examples that start simple and become more advanced so that you can see how possible this is to apply within the context of your life. And maybe you've already subconsciously been applying this mentality to some parts, and now you get to expand this experience to the parts of your life where you aren't so kind to yourself. So we'll start with cleaning your place. 
At some point, you had to learn which cleaning supplies were used in appropriate rooms and surfaces. And with that comes the order to clean everything. So it's the most effective use of your time and cleaning supplies. For example, with cleaning the bathroom, I learned that you clean the shower and the tub first so you can put all the bottles on the floor or the counter. And then you clean the counter and the toilet and that order doesn't really matter. And lastly, you clean the floors. Similarly, in the kitchen, I learned clean the counters before the floors. Otherwise, some of the crumbs from the counter could end up on your freshly clean floors. And yes, that might seem obvious, but that was something I had to learn. Maybe you're someone who hates cleaning their place, so you've learned, or if you haven't yet, then you're going to learn right now, that you don't need to deep clean every room in one day. You can pick a corner or a section or a room for that day and then know what room to tackle the next day. Now you can probably think to yourself like, huh, I did learn that, and I wasn't so harsh on myself when I was figuring out the best way to clean my place. And adulthood is largely making your own messes and cleaning up after yourself. So the last thing you want to do is let it all pile up because you really don't want to do it all. And then you have no choice but to clean. Or if you have an unexpected guest come over, now you're embarrassed with your living quarters. Another example is in regards to food. At some point, you figured out foods you did like and didn't like. And that continues to evolve and change as you're introduced to new things or you begin to travel. If you're allergic to certain foods, then you learn by some reaction from your body not to repeat that food again, or if you do, you know what reaction you can expect. And Maybe you've also experimented with different foods or recipes to see what combination of ingredients like, produces a tasty result. I know a year ago, I have no idea where I got this thought to do this, but I, had, I decided to combine pasta, chicken, broccoli, and hummus into one dish, and it is delicious. My pro tip would be to leave the pasta a little bit wet so the hummus can act more as a sauce, otherwise it gets really dry. But seriously, don't knock it till you try it. People always ask me for my go-to recipe, and this is it. And I tell them, just try it. Don't judge me. Just try it first, and then come back and tell me. And nobody has to this day has told me it's disgusting. I'd say use hummus that you like because then it might be gross. Uh, But this could be a great opportunity for you to get curious as to whether you like this meal or not. Another concept that I talk to everyone about when they're making food choices is choosing a food based off of instant gratification, as well as taking note of how your body and energy feels about 30 minutes after consuming your foods. It's not getting down on yourself for overindulging. It's questioning what is your limit, just like in the alcohol example. For instance, if three slices of cake makes you sick, but one slice has no effect on you, then bam, you found your limit and you learned something about yourself. The third example I'm about to give is perfect for putting your ability to shift your thoughts around something new to a growing a skill mindset or taking it in as a learning experience, and that is exercise. Exercising is all about fine-tuning a skill and a learning experience, no matter who you are. At some point in your life, you had to learn how to work out in some way, shape, or form. And even when you've switched your fitness modality, you again had to go and learn a new one. With weightlifting, you definitely have to learn proper form to prevent injury. I've thrown my back out deadlifting before because I relaxed before the weight was fully back on the ground. And let me tell you, I learned that lesson the very hard way and will never repeat that mistake again. The skill part comes from moving the weight as efficiently as possible 
to then be able to increase the weight. If you're a yogi or you want more flexibility in your body, then you've had to learn different yoga practices and what each move is like, like Chaturanga or Warrior One. And I can tell you right now that if you said Chaturanga to me a few years ago, I would have looked at you like your head was on backwards. But now I do yoga a little bit more regularly, so I do know the terms. And I get excited when the instructor says a movement and I know what it is instead of looking around the room like, what are we doing right now? And then you have to keep practicing the balance and flexibility parts to get better at them to then be able to either feel better in your body or advance to the next level of that skill. If you have an endurance goal, we'll use running as example because running in and of itself is a skill. There's a proper form and technique and rhythm to it and then you keep practicing it to become more efficient at building up your endurance. You don't one day decide to start running and go for 10 miles straight. I mean, at least you shouldn't decide to do that one day. Instead, you're building it up with practice and experience. The gym in general is a very non-judgmental space because everyone at some point was brand new and built up their skill set over time. A more advanced topic is when it comes to relationships, whether that be your family, significant others, or friendships. You're learning what you are willing to accept from other people. You're constantly learning what your boundaries are through trial and error, and you're learning what your relationship's boundaries are. I say this in the present tense because relationships are constantly evolving, so you are continuously learning new things about them and about yourself, whether it's someone new or someone you've had in your life for a while, you're still going to keep learning different levels and depths to them. You're learning who you want to surround yourself with and how you want to be perceived by those people. We'll do a whole episode on effective communication of both of your boundaries or feelings, but maybe you can reflect back to a conversation in your life that didn't go so well. And that's you learning how not to communicate your needs. You can start questioning why you feel a certain way about someone or what you value about them in your life. Not questioning as a way to remove a person, although it could lead you there, but more so getting curious with your own emotions and reactions like why did that upset you so much or why are you feeling more irritable towards someone are you under a lot of stress and it's carrying over are you feeling unloved seriously asking yourself how you fit in this puzzle of your relationships with what's going well and what's not going so well but it's all this questioning that you have to take note of and build this awareness to So then things can start to improve and you can start to learn from these experiences. The last category I'm going to go over is how you can bring in your questioning and practicing to your career. You're going to work to fine-tune your skills and get really good at what you do if your goal is to get promoted. I know not everyone's goal is to get promoted, but for some people that is the goal. You should question how your job makes you feel, and this includes your workplace, the work you're doing, and the life it could potentially support outside of work. You'll hear me say a few things a lot, but this is a big one. Your job should be mentally and financially supporting you so you can find your passion and purpose elsewhere. Or change your mindset around how you're showing up in your career so it does align with your purpose and values. Or your job can be your purpose in life. I know mine is, but this wasn't always the case. It was something I found through learning and self-discovery and trial and error. But hopefully by now, you can begin to see how to come from this place of curiosity and practice 
rather than trying to be perfect at something or overly critical of yourself. The second thing you'll hear me say a lot is that if you want to begin making changes to your life or come from a place of curiosity, then you need to build your awareness to everything you're doing. Without your awareness, you'll find yourself operating in the same cycle over and over again or on autopilot. So start simple, like with how the weather makes you feel or even different songs. I always have people start with food since you definitely eat at some point in your day. So you can even start there too. Start questioning. This is your life and I want to support you in living the best version of it. But you need to be kinder to yourself and release the pressure either you, your family, or society has put on you. I'm here to tell you it's okay to mess up. As long as you aren't constantly repeating the same mistakes but starting to question what can be done differently next time. And let me know what happens when you do start coming from a place of curiosity and fine-tuning a skill. I would love to hear from you. My email address is coach.justdiamond at gmail.com. You can also find it in the show notes. And I want to thank you for listening to How to 20-something. If you enjoyed what you heard, go ahead and hit the like and subscribe button, share it with a friend, or send me an email. And if you have a story that you think others would benefit from hearing, if you want to work with me one-on-one or see what freebies I have to offer, then please head over to my website and start poking around at the different tabs at justdiamondcoaching.com also in the show notes otherwise that's all for today when developing the practice of treating yourself with kindness and i hope you enjoyed what you heard i'll be in your headphones again next week